Welcome to our Daily Inspiration Podcast. As Inspire Church is walking through a 30-day rule of life, whether you are participating fully or just listening, we hope you are blessed. What's going on, Inspire Podcast? Very excited to be joining you on this episode this week. Uh, for those of you that do not know me, my name is Pastor Chris Scoes. Uh, I serve as the lead pastor at Thrive Church Lathrop, a church that's been alive and well and growing for the last 30 plus years. Don't worry, I haven't been the lead pastor for 30 years. Uh, just took over recently. And I, first off, I'm honored and grateful to be joining Joining you guys, um, Pastor Philip and Pastor Roger are some of my dearest and closest friends and love what God is doing at Inspire, love what Jesus is uh, releasing through that church, the disciples that God is raising up, the families that are getting restored. Uh, it's really, really cool to see uh, when God decides to move through a church family. And if I know Philip, Pastor Philip, and I know Pastor Roger well enough, I know that they are taking care of you guys and speaking life into you and discipling you. Um, and I know for a fact that Jesus is using them. Uh, so I love your pastors. They're some of my dearest friends, my big brothers, really they are. And so I'm grateful that they allowed me to jump on this podcast this week to share with you guys. So the topic today, which I'm very excited to share, it's one of my favorite topics to talk about, not just uh, scripturally or, or to preach on, but in general, like small group setting, podcast setting, interview setting, uh, any setting you give me, I love the topic of prayer. Prayer is what I believe is one of my life messages and core values. And so when Pastor Philip reached out to me and asked me to talk on a podcast and then he gave me the topic, I was just so excited to share because it's one of the things I love doing. And one of the reasons I love talking about prayer is because prayer really is one of, not the only way, but one of the main ways that God becomes real in our life. I think for those that have followed Jesus for a while, um, and, and if you even study a lot of relig other religions, a lot of other religions really expect um, your worship and your surrender, similar to, I think, how Christianity is, but in return, there is nothing in return. It, it's stoic and, and their God's detached and uh, it's, it's idol worship, essentially. But the cool thing about Christianity is we don't just follow a God. We follow a God who was a man and this man was real and his name is Jesus. And by Holy Spirit, we have a relationship. And so the beautiful thing about prayer is prayer brings in a reality of relationship with the infinite. It creates this whole new reality in our lives. And, and it's really, the other thing is it's internal. And so I think oftentimes for believers, uh, for people who follow Jesus, a lot of our walk is internalized. It's lived out. Absolutely. There has to be actions is what James says. You know, faith without works is dead, but a lot of it is internalized. And so what prayer does is prayer works on our soul and works on our spirit, not just our flesh. And I just love talking about prayer because it has been moments of in prayer and in the presence of Jesus that have really transformed my life. It It's really a, a cool thing when the gospel transforms you, when the gospel uh, saves you and, and you're following God. And now live, living that out, prayer is such a key 
core element because it allows for everything that God is wanting to do in your life to begin to happen in that context of relationship with us and God. And when I talk about prayer, I'm not just talking about just how when we pray. Uh, For me, I kind of use prayer as our time with Jesus. Another word can be like our intimacy with God or our devotion life. That's what we use at Thrive. And so how when we read, when we pray, when we worship, when we spend time with God, I I love what Jesus says in the gospels. He talks about it being like a prayer closet and and he uses the, the image of a closet as a place where we get away and it's just us and Jesus. And so that's what it really, t- I'm talking about prayer. And I love talking about it. As you can tell, I haven't even got to the first point and I'm just ranting. And uh, I just love it so much because I believe um, it is so vital. It is so crucial, uh, but also it is so life-giving and it is so powerful. It's so supernatural. And uh, it really is one of the key differentiators between our walk and our faith and everyone else's walk and everyone else's faith is that we not only can talk to our God, but our God also talks to us and spends time with us and his presence is with us, which is really amazing when you think about it. And so the topic today is not just prayer, but prayer and distractions. And so I know if you're anything like me, you probably have a tremendously big heart for prayer, but a massive struggle with distractions and busyness, right? It's it's that whole battle that we have had that's happened for ages where, you know, our heart or our mind wants to be in it, but our life and our schedule and our kids and our work is trying to pull us away. And it's sometimes, I don't know about you, but it feels like we're oceans, we're miles apart from really spending time with Jesus. And distractions are absolutely, absolutely a real thing. And so what I want to do today, I don't just want to be someone that's just going to give you some good advice. I really feel like I really wanted to be practical. I wanted to help you with some of the, to tackle some of the struggle with distractions and the burden of trying to develop a prayer life, right? Without, you know, knowing even what to do. And some of us grew up in church. So I think that's another thing, right? Some of us grew up in church and you have a preconceived idea or notion of what it's like to have a prayer life. And you, and I believe some of us are trying to compete with our past. Come on, that's a word for somebody. Hey now. And so what does that look like? And so for me, I know that these are just some things that have helped me fight the busyness and distraction so that really the goal of prayer, remember the goal of prayer is not to feel spiritual. The goal of prayer is to commune or have union with God. It's really that, that verse in John 15, where Jesus talks about how, um, the vine and the vine dresser, right? And how we have to be uh, connected to the vine where, where we are now plugged in and we are connected where, where our relationship with God is, is, is really lived out daily, practically, And it's so that way we can know, we can really know who Jesus is. So it's not to get a prayer request answered. It's not to get everything we want in our life answered. It's so that way, at the end of the day, I want to know the Jesus that I'm going to worship for eternity. 
And I believe with all my heart that whether it's life or shoot, the devil himself that tries to come in and distract us, it's because they're trying to distract us from that reality. And so here's some things that have really helped me. I got seven things for you. So I wanted to give you guys a lot. And I know Pastor Philip and I know Pastor Roger are super practical and they want to keep it real and they want to make sure you don't leave this podcast coming out empty. So here's seven things in my life. This has worked for me for years on what helps me to fight busyness and distraction in my prayer life, in my devotion life. Number one, here we go. Number one, you've probably heard this. And listen, most of you guys have probably heard most of these. So it's all about listening and then implementing them as soon as you can, if you're struggling. It's not just about hearing, but it's about implementation. So number one is you got to set a time. Listen, you got to set a time. I know all of you right now are listening on an iPhone. Unless you're anti-iPhone and you're part of that Galaxy fam. Don't worry. We're praying for you to come into the light, but that's okay. Um, I'm just kidding with y'all. Um, I know y'all got a smartphone. I know you guys are busy. Um, the, the context I'm even speaking to, I know you guys are a Bay Area church and there's commuters and there's people who have a lot going on. And, and really, I believe your church has a lot of high caliber people. And with high caliber people comes massive amounts of organization, comes a lot of busyness, comes a lot of uh, high tasks. But ultimately in all that, what I believe is the first thing we got to do if we really want to take our prayer life serious is you got to set a time. If you want to take it serious, if you want to do it when it's available, let me, let me tell you this. If you pray when it's convenient, you'll never pray. And the reason why you'll never pray is because it's never convenient. I'm telling you right now, it is never a good time. It's kind of like having a kid. Come on, let's be honest, y'all. Like you can plan as much as you can, but it's not always a good time. Prayers in the same context where you, if you don't plan it, you, you got to plan it. It's never going to be a good time. Life will fill up your schedule and your calendar. So what do I mean by set up a time? Literally that you have to find a time either daily, every other day, maybe every three days. I, I wouldn't recommend any more than past three days, to be honest, because we'll, we'll go into the next one in a minute, but consistency is key. Um, and you got to set up a time. You got to go in your schedule. And you got to set up a time in your calendar. You got to put it in there from four to five o'clock. I'm going to pray from five to six o'clock. I'm going to pray from five 30 to six from even if it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, listen, don't even get caught up on the time. So, so if you're really wanting to take this to a whole nother level, and I, I'm so excited that you are, I think you could get caught up on the time again, trying to compare yourself to the past or people, you know, don't get caught up with the time. Just set the time. And if you really, really want to set this to another level, I would recommend a daily time. Find the time that you feel like you could be most vulnerable with God. For some people, that's the morning. You want to set up every morning with you and God to start your day off. And for some people, that's the evening. For me, that's both. Okay. So I do a little bit in the morning. I do a little bit in the evening. And so I'll tell you right now on Mondays from nine o'clock to 10 o'clock, I pray after I get home from the gym. On Mondays, because I work Sundays, because I'm a pastor and I preach. So Mondays, I go to the gym, I get home, and I spend time with me and Jesus probably from 9 to 10 o'clock, give or take, every Monday. Tuesdays, before I work, I'm in the prayer room. Uh, we have a prayer room at our church. We do like prayer room hours, which is really cool. And so I'm there every Tuesday from 9.30 to 11 a.m. Wednesdays, 10 to 11 a.m. Thursdays, you know, and you just got to schedule. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, Pastor Chris, I don't work at a church. 
So I can't schedule how you're scheduling. Yes, you can. Don't make an excuse. Whether that's 9.30 at night to 9.45, whether that's 6 a.m. to 6.15 after you jump out of the shower, whatever you need to do, a time where it's just you and Jesus and you can just focus on what God has for you in that moment. And this is what I'm telling you. It can't just be in your head. Write the time down. If you're married, tell your spouse, tell your husband, tell your wife, Listen, this is the time I'm praying. I'm going to really try to do this. Help me keep accountable, right? Tell your pastor friends, tell your small group leader, tell people, this is important. For me, I block that time out. That means that I don't set meetings at that time. I don't work at that time. People don't get to come and ask me, unless it's an emergency. God's not religious about it, but you got to set a time up. You have to set a time up. Number two is you got to find a place. I already kind of alluded to it but you got to find a place. It's almost as important as the time. Now, some of you, that place might be your car. Maybe 15 minutes before you drive, you spend 15 minutes in your car, just worshiping Jesus, praying, talking to God. Maybe some of you, it's like Jesus literally said a prayer closet. You got a prayer closet. I know some people who turn their closet into a prayer closet, which I think is cool. Um, but listen, all throughout the Old Testament, you find that, um, people build altars and I, I love it because they build altars with what they have and where they're at. And in the same manner, just taking the principle of that, it's okay to build an altar of where you're at and what you have. And so for me, I got two altars. I'll tell you right now, I got two places where I pray. I have my church, which is my sanctuary. That's the place I preach every Sunday. So I'm gonna pray in there. By the grace of God, I get to have a building. So I know a lot of you guys are in a portable church, so maybe that's not a real reality for you, but that's all right. One day it's going to happen and God's going to give you an amazing building. Uh, but my second place actually is I have a little man-made lake by my house. And I actually pray there every Monday and I pray there every Saturday as much as I can. And Saturday I pray there before Sunday to kind of get my mind ready before I'm going to preach, for example. Um, but I pray there Monday to kind of recover. And, and that's what I would say really is my altar. It's not even the church, if I could be honest with you. Um, that's the place where I meet with God. And I even take friends with me to pray there. And I talk with them. I take my son there sometimes. And I just sit on this bench with no music and silence. Sometimes I take my Bible and I just, I just talk to Jesus. And I don't know why I like water. It's nothing spiritual. I just like it. And that's what you're going to find. Um, if you're trying to find this super spiritual place, don't worry about it. Just find a place that works for you. Find a place that you feel that um, you can just connect with God, you and him. And so set a time. Number two, find a place. Set your heart in a place so that way you know that that's good. And sometimes that can change, whether that's on vacation or you're busy, that's all right. But for the most part, um, finding a place just helps with the consistency. All right, number three, here we go. And this one's a little different. Um, this one has actually helped me a lot, but it's something that I haven't really heard from much people. So I want to give it to you. Put a timer on. And I know that sounds funny. Um, but for those that are busy and that are distracted, I think we go into prayer thinking, okay, I'm going to pray man, I don't want it to be open-ended because I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know about you. You have that friend that you know when they call you, it's going to be like a two-hour conversation so you don't answer the phone. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like you got that person that you know if they're going to call you, be like, oh man, we're going to be here for a while. So I'll call him next time. I'll call him next time. I feel like we do that with Jesus. So God is not bothered that you set a time with him every day. He's, he doesn't care. 
He, he just wants to spend time with you. He loves you. And so what I do is I set a timer. So when I go into the prayer room or when I'm at the lake, if I have 45 minutes, I put a timer on my phone for 45 minutes. And then when the 45 minutes is done, I'm done. Because let's be honest, some prayer times, it's awesome. God's moving, you're speaking, you're crying, you got boogers, whatever. Like, like you know, God's just, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Your worship's powerful. It's speaking to your heart. And there's sometimes, guys, where you're praying and it's dead as a doorknob. It's as dry as like the desert. You know what I'm talking about. If you've been a Christian for a while, you know. Listen, what's important is that you're spending time with God. Doesn't matter how much time, but spend time with God. And to help some of you to get to a reality of that, just put a timer. Just put... Just go to your phone, all right, for 30 minutes. And then when the 30-minute thing turns off, you're good. It's okay. But what that does is it solidifies your time with Jesus that no matter what, I'm going to do this in this time frame, and I'm not going to let anything distract me. I know that in this 30 minutes, I'm going to really focus, unless like it's an emergency, I'm going to really focus. And so like my wife knows that unless it's bad, like unless something's really happening, she doesn't text me when I'm in my prayer time. She has my schedule. Um, she knows when I go to the lake, that's all I got to tell her. I'm not even going to tell her. I'm not like trying to be super spiritual. I'm like, babe, I'm going to go pray and talk to God. Like, that's not even how it is, right? It's like, hey, love, I'm going to the lake. She already knows Chris is going to lock in. He's probably going to be there for 45 minutes to an hour and he'll be back. Maybe she texts me on to pick up some dinner when I'm done. But other than that, that's it. And she knows when I'm done is when I'm going to text her. And I set up a time so that way I know there's an end to this thing. So it doesn't just feel open-ended. Don't get me wrong. There's times where I've ended a little early because I felt like God was done. There's sometimes I've ended a little late because God was still moving. But for the most part, set a timer. It'll definitely help you. Number four, turn off your phone. Just turn it off, guys. And if you can't, if your job doesn't allow you, put it on airplane mode or make sure here's the killer. Don't go on TikTok or Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook. You never going to make it. You're never going to make it. And, and it's not going to help you. I promise you got to turn off your phone. But if you're like, well, that's why I listen to worship music. That's fine. But you got to be disciplined enough to not watch anything else. I think the biggest distraction is our phone. I think the reason why it's hard for the modern millennial, and millennial I mean this age of the year 2000, right? The modern millennial uh, Christian, the modern millennial disciple is we have more distractions digitally than we've ever had before. It's much harder for us to get away. And so you have to turn off your phone. You have to silence your phone. That's why number three was set a timer or put a timer on. So I don't turn off my phone. I'm a, I'm a pastor, so it's kind of hard to do that. Um, but I just put it on airplane mode and I listen to my music through it and I have a timer. So that way, listen, if someone is really, really bad, they can wait. It's what Jesus did. Guys, Jesus oftentimes in the gospel says he went away to a mountain or to a hill or by himself. It's just the, it's the art of getting away. I love, I love what Bob Sorge says. It's, it's the art of, of locking the door, closing the door behind you. That's what he talks about in developing a prayer life in a prayer closet. You, you got to learn to close the door. You got to learn to lock yourself away. And I feel in today's society, it's your phone. The door you got to close is your phone. Um, just just disconnect from it. And it's not the end of the world. Um, a lot of us are addicts to it, if I could be honest. And so um, 
Again, if you check your phone during prayer, it's not that Jesus hates you either. I'm just trying to help you out. If you feel really distracted, turn off your phone. Number five, we got a few more. Number five, this one's been a huge help since I was younger. This was probably the biggest thing that changed my prayer life. Here it is. Have a written Bible, not a digital Bible. I'm not trying to get religious. Digital Bibles were great. I preach from them every Sunday. But when I pray, when I spend time with Jesus, I have a written Bible. I got a Bible the way I, I like how it looks. I like how it feels. I like the version the version of it. I like all of it. I, I love I, I I set it up and I write in that thing. I write notes. I highlight. I go in with my Bible. You need to make your Bible your best friend that can't talk to you but talks to you. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Like you need to have a written Bible. And there's just something about feeling the pages and learning to, especially when you're distracted, this is where it helps me. When I start feeling distracted or my mind starts wandering, you know, like when you're in prayer, like your mind starts wandering, I go right into the word. I just go right into the word. And and for me, I just find the, the way it works for me is I have a book, like literally every year or every six months where God just has me. And so right now I'm in the book of Philippians. And so in prayer today, for example, I started thinking of work and, and church stuff and ministry stuff. And I had to say, Jesus, let me take a step back, open my Bible. And I just read until it almost like focused me in to remind myself of why I'm really here. That's what the word's going to do to you. And so um, it's a great way to fight off distractions is you got to have a written Bible. And then there's something beautiful about like people who write in their Bible and take notes and tear it up. And, you know, there's something personable. There's something about you and your, your history with God, your walk with God. Um, that's so cool. And so have a written Bible. That's going to help a ton of you. Two more. Have a to-do list. Okay. Have you ever been in prayer and all of a sudden, all the chores you never cared about decide to come in your mind? You never cared about the back of the toilet. You never cared about the pain in the garage. You never cared about the stuff on top of the top um, cupboard in your kitchen. You never cared about the cords that were connected to your TV before you started praying. And all of a sudden, all the cords are freaking you out. And if you're OCD like me a little bit, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it feels like everything just starts overwhelming you. It just feels like everything starts bombarding me. And then you start feeling like you're lazy because you're choosing to pray instead of do what you need to do. Listen, it's really good to be organized. It's really good to be on top of things. You know, I get it. Martha had a gifting, but Jesus said in the gospels that it was better to be Mary. Let's just be honest, right? That's what Jesus said. He said, this one has laying at my feet, is sitting at my feet and is worshiping me and listening to me. Uh, sometimes we just got to choose to be Mary over Martha. But here's the deal. Um, have a to-do list. So what I do is I have a, a on my phone or on a notebook, I just have a, I call it a to-do list. And whenever something pops up, I write it down and I let it go. So I got to do this. I let it go. I got to pay this bill. I write it down. I let it go. I have to go to the mall. I write it down. I let it go. I have to call this person. I write it down. I let it go. Because if you don't write it down, you'll just kind of continue it again and again and again. It'll keep regurgitating and it's a big distraction. So take that time, write it down in that time frame when, you, when you're praying. And if something comes up, write it down and then deal with it after the prayer time is done. Don't worry about it then, but you don't want to forget it either. Or that's going to drive you crazy. So just write it on the side and move on. And lastly, break up. Here's number seven. Break up your prayer time. Break it up in increments. 
So what do I mean by that? There is nothing wrong with having a game plan going into prayer. And so for the most part, like, for example, this is what I do. I'll spend the first, because I need to kind of focus. So I'll, first, I'll spend the first 10, 15 minutes, just me and Jesus. I usually listen to worship music, so I'm listening to the song. And then I spend the next 25 to 30 minutes just reading scripture, wherever God has for me. And then I spend the last 15 minutes praying that scripture over myself, over my church or over others. And so really it's like 15, 30, 15. And so look at your time frame because everyone should schedule as of today. If you really want to take this serious, schedule your time. You got 30 minutes, do 10, 10 and 10, 10 minutes of worship, 10 minutes of Bible reading, 10 minutes of intercession, 10 minutes of uh, just focusing on the presence, 10 minutes of praying for others, 10 minutes of reading this part of the Bible and then reading a different part of the Bible, 10 minutes of maybe praying in the spirit, whatever, whatever the case may be, whatever, whatever you do, whatever really helps you. Some people, um, it's silence. And, and listen, that's like a whole even different topic, like even different ways to pray and types to pray. Maybe we can come back and do another podcast another time, but, um, find the ways or types of types of prayer you like, like the style, the stylistic format and take those formats and do it in that time frame, but break it up. Just break it up. So that way it doesn't feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again for the whole hour, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever the case may be. And so let me read them to you one more time. Number one, you got to set a time. Make sure you set a time. Number two, you got to find a place. Make sure you find a location. Number three, make sure you put a timer on. It's okay to put a timer on. It's okay to just set that time frame up to have a beginning and to have an end. So that way, you know, you can do it. Number four, turn off your phone. Close Close the door. Stop all the digital distractions in your life because you already have a ton mentally. You already have a busy life. You don't need more digitally. Number five, how to have a written Bible. Get some cool Bible highlighters. Go, go on Amazon. Buy, find some cool pens. Find the version you like. Tear it up. Make sure it's awesome. And I don't mean like rip out the pages, like tear it up, like go in all in and, 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 and make it your own. Number six is have a to-do list. Make sure you have a to-do list, family. Make sure that you have something that you can put all the stuff that tries to bombard you in your prayer time on the side. And lastly, break it up in increments. Five minutes here, 10 minutes here, 20 minutes here in different styles or formats of worship and prayer and intercession. So that way you feel that you're getting the most out of your time with Jesus. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I would love to pray with you real fast. So let's just pray. I want to pray that God just moves in your heart and in your life, especially in this topic of prayer. Jesus, I thank you for Inspire. I thank you for this church. I thank you for those who are even listening that don't go to Inspire, but that God, you have led them to this podcast. Maybe they're driving home and they're listening to it, or um, someone sent it to them. Either way, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just move through this. You would begin to stir their hearts up, really not because they need to pray more religiously, but so that way they can have a real relationship with you. I pray, Jesus, that they would learn to trust you and love you and go all in with you. And God, I pray that you would help them with consistency God, I love what John Tyson says, pastor out of New York. He says, there is no formation without repetition. God, I pray that you would form them in them a deep spiritual life. I pray the maturity of Jesus. And I pray, God, that all this happens in the place of prayer. So God, I pray you would do this in their families, in their life. 
And I pray that you would continue to move and how you're moving in every aspect. And we give it to you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for having me today. We will see you guys next episode. Love you all. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you are inspired as we journey together to reorient our lives in life-giving practices as demonstrated in God's word. 